Hi, this is former WWE superstar Simon Gotch, and you're listening to WNS. You are now tuned in to the WNS Podcast. For all of your wrestling info, go to WrestlingNewsSource.com or check us out on Facebook by searching WrestlingNewsSource.com or WNS Podcast. You can also find us on YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, and iTunes by searching Wrestling News Source Podcast or WNS Podcast. Now being broadcast in over 45 countries, here are your hosts, Daniel Heron, Tyler Bear, and Doug. That's right. What's up, everyone? I am Daniel Heron. I'm Tyler Abear. Doug. And we welcome you to episode 320 of the official podcast for WrestlingNewsSource.com. For all of your information, go to WrestlingNewsSource.com. Check us out on Facebook, WrestlingNewsSource.com. You can find us on Facebook, WNS Podcast, on YouTube, WNS Video, and on iTunes, Wrestling News Source Podcast. We're on Stitcher, BeyondPod, Player.fm, and Satchel. Just search Wrestling News Source Podcast to find us. The podcast is on Twitter at WNS Podcast. Daniel's at WNS underscore Daniel, and Tyler's at Tyler underscore Abear. There you go. So welcome to the show. Got lots to talk about this week as we're going to dive into your feedback. We're going to talk about Raw, SmackDown, some hot topics. And we have a very special interview with former WWE superstar Simon Gotch. So you definitely want to stick around for that one. Really cool. Uh, Tyler, how you doing? Sleeping. Yeah? Yeah. You ready to knock this show out of the park? Knock go it. home and sleep? I guess. Yeah? You have fun in Houston? Yeah. Yeah. Did not want to. Dave and Buster's to yourself? Oh man, there was hardly anyone there. <laughs> During the daytime on a weekday, that's the time to go. Heck yeah, man. You got all of the tickets. All of the tickets. Yeah. So, cool. Doug, how are you? I'm good. Yeah. How's life? Certified smoking fire. <laughs> <laughs> how's uh how's Breath of the Wild treating you? Uh, I haven't played in about a week or so. I've just been busy. Yeah. Life gets in the way. Yeah. Our boy Daniel love. picked up a switch. I did. Yay! And he got hit with it. No, I did not get hit. What? No. Why would a I be switch? Hit with no, I did not. I never got you hit. Get hit with a switch. No, I didn't. Not the video game console. Mm-mm. Okay. It so, was a belt. Yeah. <laughs> pick up a switch in the yard. Um, yeah. So no problems with the console itself. Uh, I did have a little trouble with the uh, with the left controller. Which I think that was quite common, but uh, yes, I haven't seen any issues with it since. Um, yeah, everything's working out fine for me now. I think I think there was an update update or something that fixed the problem. You picked up only one game, only one. Yeah, just because I, I walked into Best Buy not expecting to buy it, and I just happened to have the money to to get it as well as the game. So I was like, "That'll work. That's all I need." Um. Which he throw a screen protector on that motherfucker? Not yet. You mm, need to. I will. I, there I'm are being people talking very about cautious. screen scratches with it. Oh, really? With uh, inserting In- it. Oh yeah. So. I would cautious. throw one of those ASAP. Someone modded uh, a charger for the Switch. It's a uh, uh, Nintendo 64. Nice. Yeah. So they put the Switch inside the Nintendo 64. That's pretty cool. Um. I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, what's what's your favorite way to play on screen? Portable? What? Um, I like them both. So have um, you tried all of it? Have you even tried where you set up the screen and like the little screen? Oh, the little kickstand? Not yeah, once. I had mine since launch day. I never once done that. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know if like, because I would be curious because this, this is my opinion. Like, I know with this game, you're not going to do this. 
but with other games where people want to play, hey, let's do this, and you see in the commercial where they're setting up and they have like a large crowd around them, but they're standing a distance away from the screen mm-hmm. and they're playing this. Like, who would want to play like a like a little group game on a small screen right. far away and they're gonna, you know, no, 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 no. If you're like in like a close space, maybe, but I don't, I don't know about that. Even then, you just hook it up to your TV. Yeah. End of problem. Just do that. Yeah. So I'm sorry, I'm not going to the park. <laughs> to say, hey, let's play some Mario Kart here. Yeah, it looks gorgeous, like as a handheld. But yeah, I, but I absolutely. never, I never fucking play it as a handheld. I mean, just, just I saw it because, because of my lifestyle. Like, if I have time to play a game, then I'm hooking that fucker up to the TV. You know. See, yeah. I, you know, I love handhelds because you know I've always played the DS and stuff like that. And there's times where like we only have cable in our front room so mm-hmm. if there's a show that she wants to watch or whatever and i'm you know playing you know uh breath of the wild like hey cuz i have it for wii u so i'm just going to play it on right the controller so but i i saw it on your controller and it's it looks way better than on the wii u so yeah uh i've been sort of a 50-50 so far with how i'm playing it <coughs> excuse me um you know i was playing it on the uh, on the big screen in the living room which was awesome and uh it's a very pretty game absolutely and then uh kelsey came home and wanted to watch one of her uh recorded shows and so i'm like okay no problem so i did the little handheld version and uh went on my way and and she watched her show so uh i have no problem making the switch (laughs) but uh yeah i'm loving it so far i think it's pretty cool so if uh play that motherfucker laying in the bed yet I have. I did it last night. Actually, how's that experience? Quite nice. I mean, I, I mean, does it get heavy on the the hands or what? Not really. Just because I mean, the the console itself is it's fairly light. Yeah. Uh, and then you know you can just kind of rest it on your on your stomach and and play if you don't mind you know tilting your head down a little bit. But because uh, whenever I'm doing it, I usually I rarely will hold it up. I'm sort of just you know yeah. resting it comfortably on my stomach. So luckily for me, I've got a big stomach. So I've tried. I mean, I've tried it in handheld just to be like, oh, this uh, this looks really nice. It looks even nicer like on the handheld mm-hmm. because I just because the resolution is on a smaller screen, so it looks even better. But I just because of my lifestyle, like I don't need to do that. So sure, he tried the um the Smash Brothers Link. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the amiibo. Cool. It it didn't work for yeah, me. It didn't work. You so. have to you have to go into the menu, enable that. I did. Then it's um it's like it's one of your runes. Like you, mm-hmm. you then you then you put it on top of the thumbstick on that one. Yeah, I did. And maybe I just haven't. Maybe there's like one step that I'm missing. Okay, you, but it but it pops up on the screen and it says like a amiibo. Little circle. It does a little circle on the screen. Mm-mm. Okay. You select it as your rune, mm-hmm. and then you press it like you're going to use the rune. Uh, and a little thing will oh, show up on the screen, the and then when that done. shows up on the screen, then you put the amiibo over the thing, and then it'll drop like a chest gotcha. on the sky. Cool. Yeah, I'll have to test that out whenever yeah. I go home tonight. So, uh, yeah, so enjoying it so far. Looking I'm forward tempted to, to buy uh, amiibo because I've never used the amiibo for a game, but I'm tipped to all the like the shit that you can get. Yeah, I'm tempted to buy. I've one. seen some fucking sweet Link costumes, and I don't see all. The only one I have is the Bacoblin one. Mm-hmm. Because it's the one they had whenever I got my game, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna get one." Mm-hmm. But all they drop is like fucking stakes and like bacoblin weapons. I mean, they get they get like souped up bacoblin weapons, but I haven't got anything cool out of it. Like, a, mm-hmm. I've seen like a fucking Majora's Mask. It looks sweet and all kinds of stuff. 
so all of the, the Amiibos they've ever made can work I don't know if game. every... I know all the 30th anniversary uh, Zelda ones, they all have like an alternative costume. He says the, the Smash Brothers link yeah. work. Okay, and I... Yeah. I assume that's all of them, right? Because I know the... Um, I know the Wolf Link actually gives you like a wolf you have, on the screen. Mm-hmm. You have the Smash Brothers regular Link. You have the Smash Brothers Toon Link. No, I don't. Oh no, or, I'm saying or you're saying it could okay. work for it. Yeah. Um, those, you got the Zelda, yeah, the game. I don't imagine any Zelda because that yeah. seems like most of them anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you have a majority of those. So. Yeah, I have like Ganondorf. I have. Uh, Tear them out of those packages. Zelda, what do you? Sheik. <laughs> What are you uh, holding on to them for? Yeah, I know, right? Value? Yeah, bullshit, man. I got a fucking monster costume for my uh, horse now. So like, Yeah, you told us that's so cool, man. No, yeah, but he's like, I had one, like, I had a mask for me, but now I have one for my horse as well, like his own oh, mask. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like I like a, that one where you just put on that costume and walk past those those enemies, and like, hey, what's up? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Heck yeah, man. For show. So, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, yeah. I'm enjoying it. Looking forward to putting many, many, many more hours into it, into the game. I'm and, embarrassed uh, to say how many hours I have, in, and I'm not even like a third of the way through the game. How many? Don't be embarrassed. You're among friends. I don't yeah. know how you see how like thirty hours after. Uh, well, it tells you on the like your profile. Oh, I gotta look at it. I yeah. Know. I mean, I've probably put a solid six to seven hours in so far, just since I got it. That's cute. Yeah. <laughs> well, granted, I haven't had it as long as you have. I'm just joking. That's cute. I mean, you got it day one, so naturally, just you have a lot more. I'm in. just joking. How many hours have you put in? I guess 100. I'd say about 35. S- Am I anywhere close? 120. <clears throat> 120 hours already? 120. Nice. Nice. Plus, it says 120. Plus. Oh. Man. <laughs> That's Thank dedication, you. sir. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I bet your link's like all jacked up. <laughs> and you, how many hearts do you have? 11? Nice. I have seven. I, I like think I'm 11 like, hearts and like... I'm like five right now. Two full circles Fire. and like a f- half of a circle. Jesus. All right. One more thing before we get off that. Yeah. It's super annoying when you're climbing when it's raining. Yes. Just to let you know. Yeah, it is. That's life, baby. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes you just got to wait around for the rain to clear up. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, hey, man, it's raining, but I need a freaking cook here, but I can't. I just need raining. to get right there. I just need to get right over that edge of oh, that. Oh, shit. It's raining. Oh, no. Stack electricity. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> I got to take this off. Make it's sure so hilarious because I've even seen a rusty broadsword like in the ground when it's raining lightning. I took all my, like, like the metal off, but you can see a sparking around that sword. It's like, I ain't fucking touching that sword. <laughs> Go around and strikes that sword. <laughs> That's cool. So, yeah. So, let's dive into some feedback. Uh, first bit of feedback we have is from James saying, if Orton is the champ, where do they go after the Wyatt feud? Because there are not really any big heels on SmackDown other than Owens. As of right now, Raw has plenty of options for the world title, and SmackDown doesn't have as many. Uh, just like SmackDown has plenty of matchups, they can throw at you for the U.S. title, and Raw is lacking in the mid-card area. I mean, should we go into it now or wait till we, we talk can, about SmackDown? We can go into it, yeah. Uh, I mean, we know the stuff about gender. Yeah. Uh, which threw me off. Yeah. But, like, okay, you you read reports on the internet and stuff. You don't know if it's correct or not. But what's the reason with gender? Because they're doing stuff in India or what? I don't know the reasoning stuff. behind it. But they were like, they want 
I did find it interesting that they uh, they used the Bollywood boys hey, to man, help them out. Hey, man, I've always liked those dudes since they came in. I thought they were pretty cool. So now they're going to be heel. I don't know what they're going to do with them. But, hey, this is something new, something fresh. I don't I haven't been a humongous <laughs> gender fan. But, like don't, I said, something new. Let's go with it and see gender. what happens. So, I mean, he's, he's jacked. So, like, this dude's in good shape. He's jacked. Let's do something with him. So, We'll see how it goes. Yep. So, um, yeah, and then you also have, you know, your your Baron Corbins uh, as far as for SmackDown heels. Um, Dolph Ziggler could always be an option later on down the road. Um, yeah, they. I mean, they are kind of lacking a little bit, especially since Bray Wyatt went down to, to Raw. I just, I still don't understand why they went with that move, but. Gender yeah. instead of, like, someone else. No, like, why did they move Bray oh, Wyatt to, to Raw? But, anyways, uh, I guess to get away from Harper and, and Eric Rowan. Um, it's going to be by Braun now. Yeah. So, uh, so thanks, James, for the, uh, for the feedback. Next bit of f- feedback we have is from Ace McSpade saying, JBL is a piece of shit. How many of these incidences of bullying have we heard about this guy over the years? You could write an entire book about this with the amount of crap he's done in WWE. Unfortunately, he's good friends with Vince, so he's not going anywhere. Why can't Vince just die already? When Vince is dead, maybe bullies and perverts and sex offenders like Michael Hayes, Pat Patterson, and JBL will lose their fucking jobs. Seriously, it's not 1980 anymore. Fuck Vince and his, high, and his old school bullshit. Yeah, I think Vince is just too fucking. What's the word? I don't even know the word I'm looking for. I don't know. Where, where are you going with this? Uh, he's just too like Vince is like too stubborn to fucking die. I think. Like, <laughs> yeah. He it's, seems like one of those people that would live forever. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's, it's one. It's one of those things. I'm sorry to cut you off, but it's one of those things where as long as they have something to do, they're they still have that purpose mm-hmm. but i feel like as soon as he retires like two months over he's he's gone lights out yeah i don't know he or unless he like just a, dies with the job i mean that seems like as, as that's probably the, as a possibility as anything yeah that's probably the route that it's going to end up happening but he just i mean he seems like a, one of those crotchety old stubborn dudes who fucking would How old like is he? he's in his 80s no wait, he's in his late 70s, 70s late okay. 70s Mid to late seventies, so he's pushing eighty. He's got to be coming up on eighty, right? I don't know. Seventy six, uh, at least seventy six. Let's see. I'll look I'm up. gonna say seventy nine or 45. eighty. Seventy one. Okay, he's only seventy one. Seventy one. Wow. 71? wow I was he still off. has many years left. Yeah. Net worth one point two four billion dollars. Yeah, okay, that's Wikipedia for one thing, and, and for two, I don't know that I don't know if I believe that, but I don't know. Like we're being a little morbid with the death thing, but in all honesty, I mean, I don't. Vince is he's seventy one. He's not going to change. Yeah, he's going to have to leave for things to change. That's the reality of the situation, right? Pretty much. That's that's going to be it. Not too many 70-something-year-olds like have epiphanies about their life and change. Mm-hmm. When you get to 70, you're usually pretty stuck in your ways. He's either going to have to be like voted out by the board, or he's going to have to 
choose to retire or he's going to He doesn't over. strike me as the type of dude who chooses a retirement. Yeah. He chooses death. <laughs> like that old Necro Butcher t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so thanks, uh, thanks Ace for the, uh, for the comments. Uh, always nice to hear back from our longtime listeners. Uh, so let's talk about Raw, the, the Braun show. Oh, okay. What were you going to say? I was about to say, out of this week, do you feel like either one show or both shows utilize their exchanging of talents or not really? Well, I mean, you have to say that SmackDown did by yeah. them allowing gender to uh, become the number one contender. Gender. I mean, there's their like land of opportunity right the, there. The clones. Yes. And Charlotte. In two weeks, they've done more with, with the, quote, shining stars than Raw did the entire time they were there. Can I say something fucking batshit crazy? Batshit okay. crazy? I love it. Let's go. SmackDown might need three hours with like the number of people they have. What is wrong I'm with you? Say, yeah, that's batshit crazy. Get the hell out of here. They've got. I mean, they they seem like they have more people than they have time now. Yeah. And they're. I mean, they've done so well with the talent that they had, and then they lost it. And it's like okay, well, well now we got to start all over again. They had a more trim roster, and it feels like since the shakeup or whatever, it feels like their roster is like a third bigger than it used to be. They, right? Okay. They exchanged certain talents, but then they added, like, what? Okay, no, no, they exchanged. They got Tamina, who came back. Yeah. And then they got two people from Shinsuke, NXT. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you can't tell me it doesn't feel like a like a bigger roster, though, you know? Are you saying I can't tell you that it doesn't feel or it does feel? What'd you say? I, I mean, you could tell me whatever you want, but I wouldn't buy it. I'm saying <laughs> I would find it hard to believe someone would telling me it doesn't feel like a bigger roster since the since the shakeup. It does feel like they have more people than they have time now. Hmm. And if they are going to add the Bollywood boys Think about to... everybody who's on the show now. We've got New Day. He's not really doing anything cause, yeah, because Kofi's, Kofi's hurt. Nakamura isn't really doing anything because he wasn't even on the show this week. Those Orton two, didn't do anything this week. Those are big acts that yeah, aren't even yeah. on the show. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. And they are trying to—they're trying to feed, uh, squeeze as much as they can in the time that they have because they're having like six-pack challenges, tag matches, multi-person matches. Okay. Well, I get the impression the six-pack challenge was to make gender seem Lynn gender more credibility off the bat because it would be better. Th- it, it seems more of, a, it seems like a bigger deal than just beating like one person in a singles match, especially just because he jobbed on his way out for out of raw mm-hmm. and he doesn't, he doesn't have a ton of credibility in the sense of he's beaten a lot of people, you know, I did not I mean, see this Rusev, coming. Rusev, I mean, Rusev, yeah, Rusev's he, not there yeah, yet. He's hurt. Is he hurt? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's three big acts that aren't even on the show. You know what I mean? They may need, well, I mean, maybe and then they're going to push Lana as well. Yeah. I think he has a point. I thought you were going to be batshit crazy. I mean, but. okay, you may you may take the stance that I that we have reached the maximum amount of content that you're willing to watch, but if you're looking at it from how many people are on the roster and how many people they have to, you, I mean, I think there's a good case to be made that they could someone's going to get axed. Yeah, well, with something maybe. No, I mean, like if I, they don't have time for something, there's a. I think those big like those days of mass exoduses out of the company are over because they have a lot more a lot more time to fill these days. Mm-hmm. This isn't like we're going to cut twenty people because we still only have two hours a week. They've got so many shows; they're going to find something for these fucking people. To oh do. yeah, for you sure. Because I, mean? I was about to say, like, 
They have a lot of shit. There's the UK guys, which I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, I know you guys they're going to have their own I show. I know you guys talked to Already? Gotch, and mm-hmm. y'all are going to talk about that, but that my understanding, that was like a... They reached an agreement together for him to leave instead of them letting him go. I don't know. You guys are probably going to get into all that shit. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, that we didn't get the big, like, here's 12 people who are letting go. This They've got too much time to... They, they'll find yeah. something for somebody somewhere. Keep on adding shows. You know... Like like you said, it, it, at first it sounds batshit crazy, but then the more you think about it, yeah, they probably would need. It, they could probably benefit with a third hour. We just named three huge acts off the dome that yeah. they aren't even on the fucking show the past mm-hmm. two weeks. Yeah, um, you know, with the with the struggling crowd sticking around for two hundred five live, I think it would probably be best to just say, look, you guys are going to run run the roads with NXT. Uh, we're going to have a, an hour of NXT, an hour of 205 Live, and then where we can available, we'll throw in some of the UK guys. I think that would be more than ideal because you already have the built-in crowd of NXT. Add the add the 205 guys to them and have more exciting content. I, I think that would be the perfect pairing, and I, I you know I've hinted at that for quite some time. And you could use that third hour, which is. 205 Live as a third hour of SmackDown. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would it would fit itself. So, I mean, that's the last people. The last thing that people want to hear is they need more time because people feel we've reached the saturation point. Sure, but, or probably a lot of people feel like we've passed Just because it's so much time to dedicate. Yeah, but that's how big their fucking roster is these days. Yeah, because I mean, hell, you've got AJ Styles competing for the minor title because. They have so much stuff going on. You've got Shinsuke Nakamura, who's, you know, like you said, not even. Not even on the show. I mean, he was in the show in the sense that they he had a video it. package, yeah, but, but, you know. You got Rusev, the New Day, Orton, who only comes out and makes an appearance saying, okay, you're the number one contender. Once I finish things up with Bray Wyatt, it's all you. You know, I would not be shocked if they go to three hours. Yeah. I mean,. With all the stuff going on and all the changes, but no, yeah, SmackDown did do, it did change yeah. with all the stuff. Whoever's running it, whoever's in charge, I they've don't made know. the most with it. I feel a little weird about, like, that's awesome that they did that with the clones, but, like, I feel a little weird with, you know, expense of um, American Alpha, because they really haven't had too much yeah. going on. But they need another, build up a bigger tag team? I don't know. Or not build up, build up uh, another tag team. Mm-hmm. So, I guess this is their. I don't know what if they didn't have this, the clones. I don't know what else they would do because I, mean, I can see third Bollywood, times. I mean, third time that we do. Even though they're sort of in a stable with gender now, I mean, you got to imagine the Bollywood boys will be in the tag scene as well. Yeah, which I'm happy for that because they haven't had too much going on with. They haven't them. had anything going on. Well, they were sort of the odd men out in the fact that they were like the only tag team in the Cruiserweight thing yes. and they're just like... There's no other tags. We could make... They they can and did make other makeshift tag teams but they they stuck out in the sense that they were actually a tag team. You know what I mean? So... Mm-hmm. So, I'd like our... It our, feels about 15 degrees cooler since you hit that switch. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like our listeners to weigh in on this. Knowing now what, what we've discussed, should SmackDown get a third hour? Let us know. That's 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 the little bit of homework we have for you guys this week. Either go to our Facebook page, Dominus Podcast, or our YouTube channel, Dominus Video. Let us know. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I mean, we can talk about SmackDown since we were, we're already on the topic. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, 
that match when they had that um the six way or whatever the six pack with, challenge six pack challenge mm-hmm. without knowing that gender won who would have who would have that who would I have pick? picked to, to yeah because I didn't pick team? gender in my and head. that's the thing it was Sammy Zayn because in my my head it was like oh Mojo's gonna be feuding with gender uh, Luke's gonna be feuding with Eric um, and then um, who was the other person. I thought they were going to go Har- I, thought, I thought they were going to do Harper just for the simple fact that they butted heads in the recent past and they seemed to want to elevate Harper. Yeah. So I thought they were going to go Harper. It does not surprise me that they went with gender in re- if you like in retrospect if you look at it and break it down and the fact that there were like two heels in the match and one already has a program. Yeah. It's not it doesn't seem that crazy. Here's the thing about gender is I know some people are, are like real like oh they're going to first of all you're super light on the heel side mm-hmm. on SmackDown, especially when you just flipped AJ to babyface. But even when you want to look at it, even when you want to consider AJ, you want to consider Kevin Owens. Those those are not guys who are getting like legitimate heel reactions. Like Jinder was refreshing in the way that he actually got heat. Like yeah, a he really, heel really booed him, mm-hmm. and like, so that's kind of cool. He's new. Like I I don't. It, is this gonna work? I don't know. Like, let's see what happens. You know, like I hope they can do stuff. I hope it works. But you, you know, know what? You it's know, a land of opportunity. You know what's more sort of off-putting to me than gender getting a title shot is another blah, run-of-the-mill, lame duck Randy Orton title run. I'm more bummed about that than gender getting like a one-off shot of the title. They're trying to elevate a guy into a position. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. But as far as I mean, I'm already done with Orton's title run. Like, I just. I was done with it whenever I real before I realized he was beating. I mean, once I realized he was going to beat Bray before it actually happened, I was already done with so it. So you think that um, Orton's going to beat Bray? <laughs> yes. And then Orton's going to lose to Jinder? No. No. Jinder's just going to be like the flavor of the month. Like, content. Like, he's like a contender. He's like a contender for a month until, you know, or maybe yeah. two. You may get a rematch, but, you know. They're they're treading water for a little bit until they get like a more clear position. Like, you know, they're 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 still like mixing up the roster and moving pieces into where they want them to be. Yeah, you know because what? they have a month until the the SmackDown pay per view. This is just being yeah. just uh, thinking this, but I hope he gets it. I want Jinder to have the title. Yeah, it's something different. I want it. And you know, they have a they have a month, uh, a month to a month and a half to to build him up to establish what the Bollywood boys will have. You know, have to do with this whole thing. Um, you know, are we looking at a new faction? Are we, you know? Yeah. So, well, I was looking at the spoilers for NXT tapings, and um, whoever the the Indian dude they have down in NXT, the Bollywood Boys came out for him, so they might hot shot that dude up to the roster and do like hmm. a whole stable. Oh, uh, uh, so they have a new Indian guy. Uh, yeah, I can't re- I can't recall his name off the top of my head to be honest with you, Dumb. but I know that the Bollywood Boys went down with him or or they came out while he was he had a match or something like that. Huh. So they're probably gonna do a full unstable. And you know what you know what to me it seems a lot more fun of like gender like feuding with Orton and like Bollywood boys trying to get involved and catching R- RKOs and shit. That seems yeah. to me that seems more fun than this whatever this fucking hocus pocus shit we're about to get is. You know? <laughs> so I, House of Horrors it's a house of horrors, sir. Yeah, Wait, I house mean, of horrors they have that's where that, that uh big plant is Right. Yes. In the, yeah. Yeah. It's gonna talk. Little, little shop. shop. Little, little shop. Little shop. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But uh, 
I, I'm interested. I, I'm I'm willing to see where they go with it. You know, if it works, well, I mean, I don't know. But we'll everyone see. was booing, right? There was a lot of booze when. Gender well, yeah, won. that's the thing. Like people wanted Sammy, right? Well, I think people. I don't know who people. Wanted. I think people had their own expectations, and whenever it didn't go their way, Boo! like wait a minute, Fuck gender? No, man. gender of all gender. people. You know, that's hey, sort of their no, 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 man. This is better than that. That. Uh, I did not like the stuff with Mojo and Gender and that that Kronk guy. I don't know. Gronk. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Kronk. I'm going to call him Kronk because I don't know who he is and he shouldn't be over there. And that lady was right yes, she to, was. to stop him, okay? Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> On to the next subject. We have a jumper. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we saw Charlotte and Naomi... Uh, sort of get into it. They had a match later on in the in the night, uh, and if Charlotte won, then she became the uh, number one contender. Got a championship match for next week. I like that situation. I liked Charlotte that she came out and she said her things. Like no one, you know, said that I'm supposed to be number one contender off the bat. Then Naomi came out and just like, you want to do it? Boom, decked her and just they started their thing. I, I liked it. Yeah. Uh. There was some good shit in this match. There was some sloppy shit in this match. What I am sort of not cool with and what I'm sort of over... I'm tired of champs losing, like... All non, the time. Non-title matches what? to set up contenders. Like, it, just... Uh, the, you could... Uh, a two-people fight, right? And whoever wins gets a number one contender shot. Yeah, or... Shit. Or put or put her uh, or put her up against someone who had recently been in the title mix, and then have her beat her, and just be like, "Well, Alexa's gone. This was the other person who was in the mix. She beat her. Now she's like number one contender." <laughs> that would be. Uh, I don't know who was. It was either uh, Mickey or or Alexa. Yeah, but who was who were they working with? Naomi. So they would have had to start from scratch. Well, I mean that's. I mean, Which there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, it they could fine. have done that. So. Um. I mean, I don't even have a problem with them hot-shotting her right up to the title feud because if you look at who you got, she's as good of a choice as anybody. My <laughs> point is I didn't want Naomi dropping a pinfall to set it up. You, you know could have I mean? gone with Nia Jax or you could have gone with the better choice being Charlotte because clearly that's the best uh, draft or, or shake-up. I just didn't like her taking the fall to set that up yeah there's better ways of doing it and they do that so frequently where the champions will lose a non-title match yeah so um i don't know i think the whole land of opportunity thing works with a lot of like people but like i feel like some people may get the shaft well sure because it's inevitable someone has to be left behind every once in a while i don't know how to explain this is just me feeling this way but like Maybe it's the second week in a row, but I feel like Tamina is... She just showed up, and then now she's there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's just... Well, they, unfortunately for the women is... With... They don't have three hours like Raw has, mm-hmm. and so you're lucky if you're... I mean, you're lucky if you get two women's segments on SmackDown. You're probably just getting one. Oh, well, you know what? To take that back, they had... When they had fewer women... SmackDown actually did a decent job of throwing a couple of different women's segments out there. Yeah. There were there were plenty of weeks, plenty of consecutive weeks where they had two women's matches that they gave time to. So maybe I'm. They only talking- added one lady to the to the roster, right? Because they only got one switch, and then Tamina was out mm-hmm. for a long time, so they just added her. So it was just actually one. Yeah. Yeah. She was person. there all along. They, <laughs> she got drafted, huh? And they just didn't. 
Or no, they left her out because she was hurt. Yeah, or whatever, right. But, yeah. But I think we were under the assumption that she was going there no matter yeah, what. Yeah, it was that was the speculation. Yeah, I'm but you got out of my ass. They they usually do give them time. Yeah. Well, you have Carmella heel, Natalia heel, uh, Naya or not? I'm sorry, not Naya. Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte heel. You've got um, Tamina heel, and then you've got Naomi and uh, Becky, Lynch. Becky Lynch. So it's like you can only yeah you can you, know, you can so only much. pair up so much right. So and then you got Carmella's side chick. <laughs> yeah, and Becky wants to fight. Yeah, uh, uh, James Ellsworth. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I man. do like how Ellsworth gets like punked out by everyone all the time. <laughs> yeah. That's his role. He knows what he knows what he's doing there. Well, they were like, man, we give this guy a contract. We got to give him something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have a feeling once it's up, he's gone. Yeah, but that's he only needed that one run. He's going to command. You know what kind of He got that above ground pool. <laughs> he's got kids. Do you know do you know how on the I don't know if I can't remember if you watched the Hall of Fame or not, but do you remember how the Hall uh, and during the Hall of Fame induction speech, the Rock and Rolls were like, "Our fucking indie rate just went up." <laughs> that's, that's that's fucking Ellsworth's yeah. indie rate. That's that brand, yeah, yeah. Like he's like now he's formerly WWE on the flyer. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's like his his rate just went up. That's right. Mm-hmm. So um, so yeah, Jinder Mahal. Uh, wins the six-pack challenge to become number one contender with some help from the Bollywood boys. Arvin Gurv Sira. Yeah. Uh, we got to see Primo and Epico Cologne, not the Shining Stars, go up against American Alpha, and Primo and Epico get the win. So, Like I said, I'm mixed with this. Yeah. I mean... Here's the thing. American Alpha didn't have a lot of momentum to lose, and if you want it to seem like Primo and Epico are making an impact upon their debut, they got to be somebody, you know what I mean? But there's no other face teams. No, nope. not really. I mean, they lost Rhino and Slater. And yeah, and Riders hurt, so they broke Mojo off. And, and then yeah. they, they they have the Ascension that's mm-hmm. still there. Their hills forgot about them. <laughs> Who else? That's it. Or am I forgetting another team? Whoever the tag champs are right now. Um, no Usos are tag champs. Or Usos hills. Yeah. are hills. And who are they taking? Or? No one. Well, I feel like we're working that out, right? Yeah, yeah they're like, working it we out. We've got like yeah. six weeks. They're like moving all the pieces into place. Yeah, like they want yeah. This is the true. reset where everything's like, okay, let's let's get this going. Um, saw a uh, a match with Kevin Owens, who declared himself the the face of America, and he is uh, the United States of America champion. And uh, uh, that's a way, I guess, to, to go with it. A talking know. point that I saw, and I guess we could discuss this: is you think it's overkill to have gender doing like the new American dream thing and then also Owens doing the the new face of American thing yeah I did I did see that and uh, there is a little bit of clashing there here's the thing I say give it to gender because fucking yeah. Owens isn't gonna get heel reactions anyway yeah. so yeah. they might as well let let gender run, run with it you know what I mean mm-hmm so I don't know it's just the the foreigners how dare they talk bad well, about I mean, America if they want to play on like fucking like jingoism and shit like that, like people are, and I'm not, I'm not endorsing this. It's a sad f- reality. Mm-hmm. There are a certain number of fans who are going to boo the brown dude before the fucking white dude. Yeah. A lot of a lot of Americans consider Canadian just like you know whatever. And I'm not fucking endorsing that or saying that's cool or whatever. But I'm saying it's a gonna, sad reality. It's a sad reality. If you're going to play that card like the foreigner card, 
they're more this the shitty people who are going to boo off that fact are more likely to boo the brown dude than the fucking white dude. Yeah, and that's just the way it fucking is, sadly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. Give it give it to gender. And uh, I mean, fucking if if Kevin can if, figure out his own stuff. I mean, look yeah. if, if if you're gonna like give gender a push, then gi- give him everything he needs to try and make a fucking success. You know, mm-hmm. like if you're gonna do it, like give him all the help he needs. You know, yeah. Fuck. You've got four, five, six weeks to. To make him look like a credible threat, and I say they just need to put the jets on him. And if they do it right, then he's not just like a, a sh- like a job guy anymore, yeah, you know? Not just another dude. He can be like upper mid card <clears throat> heel if they pull this off after yeah. this. You know? I hope uh, I hope to see some advancement on that. But uh, Kevin Owens defeats Gary Gandy from uh, the local town and uh, made quick work of him. Then AJ Styles went up against Baron Corbin while Kevin Owens was on commentary. And uh, any thoughts from that matchup? Not really. It you, was. Uh, are we? Are we under? Are we all thinking that this is eventually going to come back around to later down the line when Cena comes back? Cena opens, does answers the open challenge the way that Owens did. Is that where we're going back from this? I wouldn't mind seeing that. I mean, like after he wraps up all his shit and he's coming yeah. back, we're getting closer to SummerSlam. Way mm-hmm. down in the summer. Eventually, we get Cena opens. He comes out during SummerSlam. Okay, it's time for the Face of America Open Challenge. Anyone out there? <laughs> Cena wins, lol. Yeah, I could see that them riding it that long. It'd be like a nice like symmetry, like coming back around <laughs> the other way. You know what I mean? Come back full circle. Yeah. No one at home can see me doing the wax on and wax off thing. I'll try to do symmetry <laughs> when I'm doing this. On. This hand, the wax off. So, uh, yeah, AJ Styles defeats Baron Corbin via countout, which I thought was well done. Um, so, yeah. Damn, how can AJ Styles just having good matches with whoever the fuck you want him to have a good match with? <laughs> well, good. Braun put in, carried his weight in that match as well. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, AJ doesn't take a night off, man. No. He's He'll take a stupid bump in anybody's match. <laughs> you want him to have a match? Yeah, he needs to be careful. It's going to catch up with him. Yeah, but he's been doing it for like forever now. How many years? <laughs> he does DDP yoga. He does. That helps. But it can only carry so much. AJ yeah. Styles, a good professional wrestler. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so um so that pretty much does it for SmackDown. As far as Raw, goodness, the the Braun train is a rolling. Uh started with him, had him in the middle, had him at the end. Would you say I kind of feel like do you think it might be too much? No, 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 no. I was, I, 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 I just want to say that I kind of called the Braun train <laughs> before I left the station. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> is Braun the hottest thing on Raw? Absolutely, hands down. No question. That dude's fucking over. He's gotten over with the crowd. He's so athletic for a guy of his size. Like, it's it's impressive to watch the stuff that he can do. And uh, and to to see how far he's come in the time that he's been given, they and now he has become that monster. Keep heel. on, that keep dude it had on. Like ten matches before he was on the main roster. Yeah, it's crazy. You keep on keeping on, doing the right thing, and do not pair him with Bray Wyatt. No, 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 no. He's he's past Bray that. Wish, yeah, Bray wishes he was over as Braun these days. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that was one of the things I wanted to to ask you guys. Are you guys getting tired of the uh, of the Bray Wyatt promos where he's just 
I'm he's just, just there with it. Like I don't really. It just care. seems like he's just rambling now. It's like he's dude, always been rambling. He needs a. You, he you needs can't. A, you can't win a match, and you're still talking about how you're the best at, at all this stuff. Or I don't have no feelings like, with it. To be honest with you, I'm kind of numb to it. To be honest, he with needs you. a Primo and Epica reboot. Like yeah, not. But <laughs> I mean, I'm. Not, I mean, I'm. I'm serious. Like they didn't. They didn't like take them off TV and drastically change them. They just sort of like stopped talking about the fucking resort shit and just like started talking about them. <clears throat> In the same ways as slightly different people, and yeah. they could they could pump the brakes and ease off the supernatural shit and just make him some scummy redneck dude who's you know from will, the bayou willing to get down and dirty, you know, and that would yeah. work much better for him, I think. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. I don't think they're gonna do. I that. agree. I don't think they're gonna do that. And for but. God's sakes, give the man a win when it counts. That would that would be the biggest help for the guy. Let him win every once in a while. Because every time he builds up, he builds up, he builds up, and then the match also, happens and he loses. He needs to eat a pizza every once in a while. Eat a pizza once in a while. The thing they, they think Bray's above wins and losses, but here's the thing that here's Nobody the thing here's the thing about people who are above wins and losses. They won a bunch of fucking matches before they got <laughs> before they got to the point where they're above wins and yeah, losses. They reached a certain status <laughs> before they became. before it didn't matter if they won or lost. Yeah. They fucking tried to like yeah, pass go do not collect two hundred dollars with brain. It didn't fucking work, you know. It's just like yeah. Uh, it's like well, wait a second. You forgot the whole middle part here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Braun came out to open the show saying, you know, I'm not done. I'm gonna tear Roman Reigns apart. Angle came out and said, well, you've got the night off. Yeah, I just wanted to, it's just because I. Them, how my mind works and I'm not I'm still fixating on it mm-hmm. before we move on again I should be like Jericho is above wins and losses now but before yeah. he was above wins and losses he beat fucking Stone Cold in the Rock like you know, in the like, same night yeah like yeah before yep. that happened now he's above wins and losses you know mm-hmm. alright now that I feel that I've thoroughly driven that, <laughs> that nil in we can move on sorry speaking of Jericho god it's his like is he's he, so pandering. Yes, that was what I was going to say. Is that his new shtick, where he's just going to pander the hell out of the crowd? I hope that's his way of going to heel. He's like annoy, He's trying to annoy his way back or around to heel. Is that is this is him going out? <sighs> I think he likes being cheered, guys. I think <laughs> I think he's just into like, you know. He's just like, what What can I really just What's his say What's to his where the, it's the point that the fans are just going to be like, really? I mean, what's his schedule? Is he about to go out? That's the rumor. Oh. And so I would think that what's once that? payback or whatever occurs. What, what's all the phrases he said about the drifter? That, uh, well, drifter you're off the Dan hook. Duck or something? I don't know. That drifting, I don't know. He said it three different ways. Yeah. Dude has made a list. Yeah. Can you buy lists on WWE.com? You can. Yes. That inflatable list? Not that one. Okay. But the you know portable one, yes. Um, we got to see Samoa Joe going up against Chris Jericho. Um, Seth Rollins was on commentary, and uh, after the match, Samoa Joe picks up the victory, forcing Chris Jericho to tap out. And uh, Rollins did the the line that everyone expects to be said for payback, and that is payback's a bitch. So whatever, I don't know. I felt like they were trying to feed Rollins lines, and he wasn't really like getting the message. 
See, I thought he was less annoying than normal on commentary. That's because he didn't say very much. Well, maybe that's what I'm getting at. I don't know. <laughs> so um, we got to see Braun Strowman attack Golden Truth backstage. Go to town. I said everyone. Um, Gallows and Anderson came out and said, well, hey, that's who we were supposed to fight. And we we're being mean and making green. So we want to fight. That's what they're there for. Yes. Uh, Enzo and Cass answered the call, and Gallows and Anderson won. The uh, The ending was kind of sudden, with uh, Anderson dropping Enzo on the top turnbuckle, and he kind of flailed down, and that was sort of the end of that. Um, anything from the matchup itself? Not really. No. Uh, what were y'all's thoughts on uh, Miss TV with Dean Ambrose? I wasn't feeling it. Yeah. Similar, similar stuff that he's done. Didn't he have... He- I don't think it's what, Miz, though. I think it's Dean. Yes. What? what okay. Because we just I'm saw Lisa. Miz coming off of the work of his career mm-hmm. as oh. far as mic work and character work. I was yeah. going to say, I'm lost on timelines, but how long ago was Miz and Dean Ambrose? Not too long ago. Yeah, it really wasn't. So. I don't want it. I just, I don't know. I'm I'm falling off of the Dean Ambrose bandwagon he seems unmotivated and it's kind of hard to blame him because it felt like they sort of just let him sit there and tread water for a while put him on the Mm -hmm. back burner i wasn't a fan of a lot of his character work before that even but you know with him being unmotivated it's even harder to care you know yeah i'm just i I I think i I started i think i started falling off whenever he did that interview with stone cold steve austin and austin pretty much just called him out Said, why aren't you? Why aren't you doing this? And he never really had a response. He did. I thought he had the best response possible. It's, it's, he had the truthful response. He's like, yeah, it's fucking different if you're when you're stone called Steve Austin to do what you want to do. And then, yeah. and then he's like, this is not the same fucking. This isn't your day anymore. You know, this mm-hmm. is everyone is does carefully scripted promos. It's not the same fucking beast. I thought that's not the that's not the answer people wanted to hear. People wanted to hear him say. Oh, fuck yeah, I'm going to... But the reality is he was never going to feasibly be able to answer that challenge. Yeah. In in fact, I think it made Austin look like a cock to be like, oh, why don't you just fucking, you know, whatever. Get in trouble every once in a while. Yeah, do that and get your ass fired. (laughs) I don't know. I thought... I think it's it's real fucking easy when you're Stone Cold Steve Austin to fucking lay that challenge out. Yeah. I don't know. But... Anyways, excuse me. I got to see uh, Braun again backstage dragging Kalisto and literally dumping him, throwing him in the trash can. And then uh, Big Show comes by, knocks him, knocks Braun down, and says, "Why don't you pick on someone your own size?" So they have to know. give something Braun, uh, give Braun something to do because Roman is out mm-hmm. right now. Yes. Um, got to see some cruiserweight action. TJ Perkins going up against Jack Gallagher. And, uh, you know, they, I don't know how many times they said that David Otunga was filming a movie, filming a movie but good God, they tried to hit that home. Hey, um, is but, David Otunga filming a movie? I think so. And we have Booker T filling in for him. And my goodness, the number of times where they were trying to like tell Booker T what's going on. I don't know. Did you guys get that feeling? Mm, what do you mean? Like, like he hadn't been watching the product, and they yeah, were like, oh. they're like, oh, this part's fun. Watch this, and you know, 
then Jack Gallagher did the little dive off the top turnbuckle with the umbrella, and they're like, oh, this Give is so much fun. To Booker T, man. He's awesome. He could do whatever. No, the I'm fuck talking he about wants. Cole and, oh. and Graves, like talking to Booker T. They're like, watch this. It's so much fun. Oh, we call it the Mary Poppins. Hmm. Yeah, it was just weird. It was weird. I don't know. It was just weird. Uh, but TJ Perkins ended up getting the victory. Um, what are y'all's thoughts on the whole TJ Perkins and Neville pairing? I think TJP is much better as a heel. Yeah. He, that little cocky arrogance. His the, the physical charisma that he has translates so much better to heel mannerisms. Mm-hmm. Just like the little shitty fucking faces he makes, stuff like that. I think he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be better for him in the and long he's run. He's using like the little dab move to, you know, agitate the crowd, and he does yeah. the little guns going in the holster, too, kind of thing. Well, he had been. He cut. He did it during the classic, and he sort of cooled off doing it. Yeah. He was also a little bit more of a prick in the classic too, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't explicitly heel because no one was really explicitly heel except for Kendrick in the classic. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he was definitely. But no, more he, of a, that was the Cinderella story. Oh, you're you're right. You're right. I got it twisted. He was the emotional one. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. Nobody was explicitly healed in the classic, <laughs> except the people who like lost in the first round. It was like that's their one big shine. Hmm. I I wouldn't even say those guys. You're right. I forgot they did the the old the old man's last run thing mm-hmm. with him. He wasn't a dick until he was on the roster. You're right. Yeah. There was no explicit heels. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, backstage, we saw Titus O'Neil approaching Apollo Cruz, trying to join the Titus brand. And you know, it, it's one of those things where, like we talked about, New Day and uh, Rusev not being shown, and and Shinsuke. Like this is one of those things where, like, they got Raw got Kalisto and Apollo Cruz, and the only thing we've seen them in so far is like backstage moments the difference between those two scenarios is we are going to see nakamura and we sure are, we are going to see the new day absolutely but we may I, never see apollo yeah. Again. <laughs> yeah i mean but that's what i'm getting at like you know the 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 usage of the talents i i think smackdown got the better end of the deal um i mean i think kalisto is going to nestle into the 205 live scene and yeah apollo i'm afraid for i don't know what they're going to do with him release him I mean, you don't want to see it happen. How do they release people anymore unless they want to be released? I think yeah. they're just like we've got shuffled them off to a different show. Yeah, um, we got to see a fatal four way uh, four, fa- four, fatal four way match to determine the number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, Sasha Banks, Mickey James, Alexa Bliss, and Nia Jax. And I thought this was real good. Yeah, I thought. At, at different points in the match, I was convinced that almost everyone in this match was winning. There were parts where I was convinced that Nia Jax was winning. There were parts where Mickey J and she looked good in in the match. There were parts where Mickey James looked good in the match. Mm-hmm. I was convinced Mickey James was winning. I uh, there were several points I thought Alexa was going to sneak out a fucking win, and she did. And I I don't know. I thought this was well put together and well paced. And uh, like Bravo to the women. Like I know, I know it was her hometown, and she was considerably over in in front of a hometown crowd. Right. But I thought she, when she came out, when they announced that they had her in the in the trade or whatever in the shakeup, mm-hmm. I thought she got a pretty good pop then too. I think she's just she fucking did. over. I think she's she just is. Yeah. She's just over. Yeah. Um, the crowd just likes her, you know. Yeah, it's that it's evil. Ass, yeah, ass, little fucking. I don't need your approval. Yeah. Oh, that's so badass. I feel like I called that one too, guys. I don't know. 
Like I called Braun and I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know. I know people are gonna. Try, I don't know. I mean, we're yeah, on the tape. Just, hey, turn, uh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Oh, you want to get this side, Tyler? You want to get this? Okay, get let this me one? go over there. Yeah, go give him a pat on the back. You you get the left shoulder. There you there go. You there you go. I feel, I feel like I called Braun and I feel like I called Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like. I mean, there's only like 300 fucking episodes you can go back and listen. <laughs> <laughs> listen to them all. <laughs> listen to episode nine. That was a good one. No. Um, yeah. So Alexa Bliss ends up getting the victory, uh, and the ending was really well done. Like Nia Jax did the work, Alexa Bliss capitalized on it because I was kind of curious if they were going to go Alexa route, how was she going to do it? And they did it very it well. Yeah, because like you said, there was parts where I was like, oh, they're going to give it to Sasha and have the Sasha turn. Uh, then there were parts where I thought, like, okay, they're going to do the the Nia. They're going to give her a, a, a shot. I think that's a testament to how like well the match was structured because there mm-hmm. were at any. At different points, I thought any of these women were winning at certain points. You know what I mean? Yeah. The one thing that I noticed is that uh, Mickey James didn't get that much of a reaction whenever she came out, and I was kind of bummed by that. Because I thought she looked good in the match, though. She looked, yeah, she looked fine in the match. But like when she first came out, like everyone got their respective reactions from the crowd. I felt like Mickey got the the, the smallest reaction from the crowd, and that kind of bums me because she's she's a very talented uh, individual. She can still um, go. Yeah, and so. Uh, Maybe it was just that particular crowd. They knew Alexa Bliss was from there, so they're like, oh, we're saving it for for Alexa. But uh, that was just one of the things that I noticed. Uh, Kurt Hawkins went up against Finn Balor, and I found this very interesting because uh, last week it was reported that Finn Balor suffered a concussion, uh, and here he is the very next week in a... It's a very short match, very light work, uh, but it's a match nonetheless. He didn't really bump except for the drop kicks on his own... Yeah. Bumping off his own drop kicks. Yeah. Uh, So I'm guessing he passed the, the... stress test or whatever procedures that they go through. I think they say, and, and I'm not a doctor or a fucking scientist or any of that shit, but I think they say that there's no like set timeline on this stuff. It's. I thought it was like, if you're diagnosed with a concussion, it's automatic 30 days off. It should be, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe you're right and I've got it twisted, but I thought it was just like they play it by ear and it's whatever the doctor says. It feels like the rule should be there should be like a certain amount of days off. Yeah, I, I believe that's what it was, but they probably said, okay, at first glance, it looks like you have a concussion. Let's get you checked out. Right. And then we'll go from there. If that's not the rule, that should be the rule, right? Yeah. I mean, we're yeah. all in agreement on that. Yes. Yes. Um, so Finn Balor made quick work of uh, Kurt Hawkins. Uh, Chris Jericho played to the crowd. Bray Wyatt cut his little promo. Uh, Jeff Hardy going up against Cesaro. They had a, a backstage segment where they sort of shook hands and said, hey, this is kind of a dream match. Um, but what do you think about the match? I, I didn't get to tune into the whole match. I saw like the end. But what did you guys think? It was good, but it wasn't great. Mm-hmm. And there was... I don't know. Like the previous two years before they threw uh, Cesaro in the tag with Sheamus... He had this reputation, and with good reason, he had the reputation for having all these little, these little mini epic matches on Raw with whoever the fuck was game to have a little mini epic match with him. Mm-hmm. He had him with everybody from Cena to much lesser guys on the roster, and he just he tore it up for years and years and years. And I was like, "Fuck yeah!" When they when they said we're getting Cesaro and Hardy, I was like, "Ooh, this is gonna be good." Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see. Like, what they give us. Like, if they get time, this shit's going to be good. No questions, right? Yeah. And it was good, but it was not... 
it didn't was live good. up to your expectations. I, I I thought it was going to be magical, but it was only good, right? And and then it, what I think is it's not really Cesaro's role. It wasn't the purpose of this match, and not really Cesaro's role to have those matches anymore. The purpose of this match was to it's like another building block in the story of the Hardys versus Cesaro and Sheamus. It's not like here is Cesaro having a good match and getting himself over and getting his opponent over. Mm-hmm. This is to say, okay, now I really want to see the Hardys and Cesaro and Sheamus more, not like this match yeah. is supposed to be awesome. Next week we'll see Matt Hardy versus Sheamus. Right, and it won't be the purpose of that match to, for them to have the best match on Raw. Mm-hmm. It will be for the, for it will be the purpose of that match for them to say, Okay, now we've seen the individual slices of this. Now I really want to see the Hardys versus Cesar and Sheamus in yeah. like a one-on-one, like it gets time. So I feel like it's unfair to like use this as a criticism against the match because it's not really the purpose of the match and it's not really Cesaro's role anymore. But I'd be lying if I say it didn't factor in for me. Like mm-hmm. it, it was a good match. It was a fine match. It's just like not the magical, like awesome match that I expected. And that's not a fair criticism, but like, but that's my honest opinion. Yeah. I was a little bit let down. I'd be lying if I didn't say I was let down because I didn't have the match sure. I wanted them to have. Is that fair? Probably not. Oh, it's your, it, I mean, it's your take well, on no, it. No, I mean, it's not a fair like criteria to have for that match because it's not what the match was designed mm-hmm. to do. So it's fair. It's unfair to label to like hurl that as a criticism against the match, but. It doesn't mean that I didn't wasn't a little bit let down that they didn't have the match that I wanted them to have. So yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm being honest, but I'm trying to be fair and honest. You know, if that makes any sense. Sure. I came in towards the end of the matchup, and uh, I don't know like the story that was being told or the selling or anything like that. But Jeff Hardy seemed to be like every move that he was doing seemed to be hurting him. Like I think he's he's been banged up since the ladder matches. Yeah, I think he's I think he's just worn down right now. And he hasn't gotten ample time to to recoup because he seemed to be grimacing like at everything, like even his offense. It, it seemed to be bugging him, and not just like the normal. Oh, this has been a grueling matchup, and I'm hurt. But like, I, I think he's good at selling. Yeah, I mean to his credit, but that may not be what you're picking up on. It may be more than that. But yeah, I, it's not something that registered with me. So. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I, like I said, maybe I just came in too late in the matchup, and I didn't get to see uh, the whole thing. But yeah, it was good, but it wasn't the great match that people wanted. And, okay. you know, it is what it is, right? Yeah. I mean, um, am, I being un- unkind, am I being unfair and kind, Tyler? I don't know. Did you see it? I did not see it. Okay. Uh, the main event saw Braun Strowman going up against a big show. And uh, this is actually a rematch. We've seen these two go at it before. And uh, one thing that the new general manager forgot, being Kurt Angle, that Mick Foley remembered is to reinforce that ring. Uh, because these are two big guys, and these guys went to war. Were you surprised that it got as over as it did? I mean, specifically the ring breaking, because they they shot they shot to the crowd, and people were like, "Oh shit, the fucking yeah. ring!" Yeah. Were you, I, I was like, obviously the ring's gonna break. They're they're tell you can watch the match and and tell that that's the finish they're building to the way they tease the turnbuckle spots. Oh yeah, they tease it several times, and uh, they they had their old ring posts mm-hmm. as opposed to like the LED ones. The new shit, they don't want to get all busted up. Yeah. So there was, once once the Strowman and Big Show interaction happened backstage, I saw where a lot of people were speculating, oh, they're having the main event match. They have the old-fashioned 
you know, ring post, that that ring is going down tonight. It was a fun match, but I was yeah. a little bit surprised that the ring break got over as well as it did, just because they don't they don't do it all the time. They don't do it as much as they do that fucking corner like break. The barricade. They don't do it as yeah. much as that, but they do it like enough. Done this? this is only, I mean, it's only the third time they've done it. Okay, I've only did, think of two. It was Big Show and Lesnar. Yeah, and then it was. Big Show and Mark Henry at Vengeance 2011. Yeah, but they did it multiple times with Henry and Show, right? Mm-mm. They only did it one. Okay, Just it the feels ones. like they've done it more than they have then. Yeah. The three th- and then, I don't remember Mark Henry and uh, Big Show doing it. I thought they at least done it like five times or something. No, uh No, they've only done it uh, three, at least to my recollection. All right, well, my bad. I mean, I'll, I'll backpedal they've off of that. They've teased it several times. Yeah. But then, you know, they had their, their match at Vengeance, and that was whenever... Uh, there wasn't a Brock Lesnar ring break? That's that was the very first one. Okay, yeah, it was right. Big Show and, and Brock. That's right. And one thing I found very interesting is that in every one of them, Big Show was the one that took the bump. Right. So obviously, you know, he's the biggest. You know, he's the biggest guy. So that's what's going to cause the uh, the ring to break. So I don't know. I like. I loved it. I love seeing it just because it's so cool. To you know, it's not something that they do every day. The crowd goes ballistic for it because. They, you know, they can say, "Oh, it happened in my town. I got to see that." They've seen a um, ring break. We've seen rope breaks. Yeah, it, I mean, that's it's one of those things. Like you see ropes break this on, on on occasion, and so well, we saw whether it was intended to happen or not. You know, when a rope breaks, you're like, "Oh, that's something to talk about." So this is one of those instances where the the, the ring got completely destroyed, and the poor referee nearly died for the cause, and. Uh, he shouldn't be leaning on ropes. That's all I have to say. I think he took the bump on He bumped to the outside on purpose, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because he had he had his hand on the rope or I near the he was rope. I thought to sell like the whoa. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's exactly what his, he was doing. Because as soon as uh, as soon as the they made impact, he immediately started falling to the side, and then uh, then the ropes gave out and he collapsed on the on the floor. So. Uh, he definitely did a, a very good job of selling that. Uh, but Braun Strowman uh, stands up, raises his hands. Braun. I am I'm the man who stands to, at the end of this matchup. So, any other thoughts on that? Mm, nah, I thought it was a fun match. I mean, it looks like they're they're trying to. Okay, so obviously we're going to see Braun versus Roman at Payback. Yep. Do they go the Braun route? Have him face Brock Lesnar for the for the championship at the next pay per view. I think they might. Yeah, I think they might. I'm I'm thinking that too. Because I I think not to cut you off, but I think maybe why they did the Roman's injured thing so they can use that as like a reason why he lost. He yeah. came in not as 100. percent Sure, he had a separated shoulder. He shouldn't even be competing yeah. tonight. Um, because also the payoff is Roman eventually beats Brock. But Lesnar needs hot challengers until then. It's it's not it's not gonna hurt Braun's credibility to lose to Brock fucking Lesnar. Like he's a, I mean, I don't think it cools Braun off to lose to mm-hmm. Lesnar. So, but I don't think he's I don't think he's beating Lesnar. But I think he might beat Roman. Or do they even take a chance and let Braun defeat Lesnar and have Roman be the one to take the the belt off of Braun at at Mania? They could. I don't think that's what they're doing. There. Yeah, I mean, I I know the where the, where the rumors pay, are right they're, now. They're wanting Brock Brock versus uh, versus uh, Roman at Mania for the title. Um, they paid Brock Lesnar a lot of money, and yeah, 
if you you're beat, gonna put this guy over, damn it! If you beat him here, then what are you paying him for the rest of the year? Whatever. Right. I don't. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. We'll have to see. I mean, here's the thing about Les. Here's the thing about Strowman. I think people will be concerned if he loses to Roman or Lesnar. There are two people that Braun can lose to and be okay. And he can lose to Roman and be fine. Mm-hmm. He can lose to Lesnar and be fine. Yeah. He shouldn't be losing to anybody else though, no. too. Because Strowman is not going to be Strowman is as much as people are into uh, Strowman right now. That's fucking great. Good for that guy. Strowman's never going to be your Cena. He's not that guy that can't. He's never the face of the company. He's never sure. going to be. He's your monster that you're building up that people like. Yeah. He can fucking lose to. I don't even think he has any merchandise right now. They like, just. I just saw a shirt today. They just oh really? Oh really? <laughs> one out. That's it's gonna just, sell. It's just like his fucking face, and it says like. Something about like monster among uh, us, among us, or something like that. Then hmm. it has like brawn on the back with a fucking mountain or something crazy. That's cool. I don't know. But uh, the thing about monsters is they're built up to lose to the <laughs> to to the like the top dogs, you know. Yeah. And that's you know what it is. That's pretty cool. I like that shirt. It's not bad. They've definitely it's, it's had, simple. They've definitely had shittier designs than that. Yeah. <laughs> the little I got kids in front of the mountain. God in heaven. You want that shirt, right? I got kids. I got kids. No, I don't have. I, I need this job. I don't need that shirt yet. I don't need that shirt either. I kind of like it. Yeah, I like the bronze shirt. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. I'm not talking about the kids shirt. <laughs> I wouldn't wear the kids shirt. So, uh, so there you go. You're listening to an exclusive interview on WNS. Okay, folks, joining us on the show this week, he is a former WWE superstar. He was one half of the VOD villains. You know him as Simon Gotch. Welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, we certainly appreciate your time. And uh, for all things Simon Gotch, or now I should say Simon Grimm, you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at WWE. So once again, thank you uh, for taking time to come on to the show. Um, I know following your recent departure from WWE, I'm sure your uh, your phone has been blowing up with, with interview opportunities and uh, different appearances. So we thank you for uh, for coming on to our show. Oh, not a problem, but we actually have a mutual friend. Uh, he, he's an artist, uh, old John David there, uh, creator of uh, is Monster Wrestling. Uh, Nightmare Monster Pro Wrestling. Wrestling. Yeah, so uh, I, I, was, uh, I was directed here by a friend of mine who actually made one of my T-shirts, so I've given you guys a, a nice little talk because you seem like you, you want to have some, some chatting. Absolutely. Entertaining type deal. Yeah, you you reached out to our buddy John David Gare from Nightmare Pro Wrestling. He, good dude. And uh, the the shirt actually was just uh, revealed, and it looks awesome. And uh, for if anyone wants to check it out and get their own t shirt, you can go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Simon Says. So uh, the first question I have to ask you: How did you find John's work? Like, what drew you to him? Um, I actually came across his work on Instagram, and I, I thought it was wonderful. And I actually uh, purchased several of the comic books just on the artwork alone. I had no idea what the storyline was. I just knew it was you know giant monsters pro wrestling, and I went, "This is brilliant." That's pretty much my two favorite things in the world mixed together. And uh, just over the over the last uh, year and a half or so, I just kept in contact with him. And when uh, when my release came, obviously the idea of doing my own merchandise came up, and he was one of the artists I tapped. And I mean, I. It's always important to me to be able to work with professional artists and be able to. It's going to sound weird to be able to actually compensate them because if you've done any artwork, especially on the internet, the old promise of you'll get exposure is like mm-hmm. it's the worst thing to hear at the end of a, a conversation about art or about any sort of professional artwork. So um, John's professional, so it was, it was just one of those things where it's like I'd like to work with someone who you know he's going to know what his time's worth. He's going to be able to give me a real price, and we can 
jam this thing out and he'll deliver a quality product. Uh, and I've, I've been fortunate enough that a couple of the other shirts I've had done, it's the same deal where I've been able to contact guys who do good do good work and are professional and you know, I'm very proud of what they've done. Absolutely, and uh, I know we can certainly attest to uh, to John's craft. He is certainly a professional. We've uh, we've commissioned him to do several uh, works yeah. of art for us. Yeah. Uh, so it's really it's really cool. And the fact that you know someone who has been into the WWE. See, I had a theory that maybe uh, you saw Xavier Woods' art that he had reached out to to John for the uh, for the bootios, and I figured maybe he went around backstage showing everybody. I honestly had never. I don't think I, I met him ever before. I might be mistaken on that, but no, I, I remember seeing that piece, and I was very let down when I saw the actual product that was produced, <laughs> just because I thought John's was so much better artistically. Like the the design was pretty much the same, mm-hmm. but some. I, but the, some art has a has a feeling of emotion to it, like a like there's there's been something put into it by the creator, a passion one might say, and then there's some art that feels like it was someone doing a job and just kind of completing it. And John's work always feels very passionate. Like it's clearly done by someone who loves wrestling and wants to wants to depict it in a certain light. So it, it's just it's something that happens sometimes. It's unfortunate when it, you kind of have to go through the. Uh, it's like well, we like the idea, but we have to go through the corporate channel because these are people we have contracts with, or these are people we have in our employ, and we can't really outsource this stuff. But you know, it does happen that way sometimes. It sucks the energy away from it. <laughs> you said it, not me. You said it, not me. That's all I'm um, speaking of like all this artwork and stuff, are you into like comic books in general? Oh yeah, um, I've actually been a big follower of uh, comic books since I was a child. Uh, I even uh, I don't have it with me; it's still in California with my brother. I have a, a Jim Lee original of Wolverine. Nice. He drew it at WonderCon in 1991, I believe, Whoa. in record time that day. I don't know if the record still stands. It was something like 27 seconds. Good he nice. drew a profile of Wolverine. That's awesome. Um, Oh yeah, and uh, I still I still collect pretty regularly. Uh, I'm big I'm a big fan of Eric Powell, who does the Goon, as well as uh, uh, Big Man Plan, and uh, I believe it's a it's what about that? I think it's called Hillbilly. I believe is the new one. Okay. Uh, just really sort of macabre rockabilly style work. It's it's very entertaining <laughs> stuff. And uh, the spread is actually another one I'm very fond of. If you if you're into any sort of zombie type uh, type media, or if you're just a fan of the thing, the uh, John Carpenter version, uh, it's a hell of a comic to check out. Cool, 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 man. That's awesome. Yeah, we've all, we've always had the theory uh, over the course of years that there is that blurring of the lines between wrestling and comics. You know, it's it, there's not that much of a difference. So it's really cool to hear you know the wrestlers that that are comic fans. It's actually you'd be surprised the guys that are um, one one that actually shocked me. He's no longer with the company. Um, uh, his name is Alex Jones. He he used the name Troy McLean in uh, NXT, and I didn't know this. We, we were doing like an improv exercise, and I somehow I think I was campaigning for mayor was the whole deal, and I was running as a Jedi, and I said something about the number of lightsabers, and Alex, who's a complete meathead jock all of a sudden got angry because I misquoted the proper number of lightsabers. <laughs> I, th- I think I said there were four, and he was like, there are f-. And he completely throws the, like, the, the whole bit we were doing, the, like this exercise, he throws it out the window because he got really mad at me for not knowing that. And I'm sitting here, and at first I'm thinking he's just messing with me, and I realize, oh, no, he's serious. He's really mad about this. <laughs> and I, he was a huge Star Wars fan. It was just something I never knew. Um, Rick Victor uh, of The Ascension, another one, he's a big comic book guy. Uh it's just a lot of those things where you figure because it's a it's a physical you know they tend people tend to think just because you're into something physical you're not going to be into pop culture and entertainment like comic books or video games but the reality is the same kids that grew up watching wrestling on Saturday and Sunday mornings are the kids that were reading comics and playing video games and they don't necessarily ever 
shall we say, outgrow that uh, that uh, affinity or that fascination. I want to go into your career a little bit, uh, your time in WWE. Uh, you know, when when you get a big call, an important call, sometimes you, you self-doubt yourself. You're like, this has got to be a prank. Someone's, you know, trying to pull my leg. Take us through where you were when you got the call saying, we want you to come and work for WWE. Um, I actually uh, had just gotten fired. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's kind of a funny story. I was working at a factory, and um, I, the, the shifts at this place were brutal. They were, they were, like, uh, they were running like 12, 16-hour shifts, pretty standard. Ooh. So my hours were really off at the time, and I got a call from Canyon Seaman, who's the head of, uh, of uh, or rather he was in charge of basically hiring developmental talent. And... I kept missing his call, and I couldn't get back to him, couldn't get back to him. And basically, the short version of what happened was they told me, they're like, uh, that um, if we got out this number of parts, I think it was, we'd only have an eight-hour day, we'd be off by five. And I was like, okay, five o'clock, that's still time to call him. This is great. And I'm sorry, it was three o'clock, that's what it was, because it was going to be East Coast time, so I knew I was going to, I was in the Midwest at the time. I would be losing an hour anyway. So I was like, okay, I'll still have an hour to get in contact with him while he's in the office. This is great. And a machine broke down. And I had one of those just throw up your hands, what the F moments. <laughs> and they were like, okay, you can't do that on the floor. You got to go home right now. So I went home. I called Canyon and he told me that they were going to sign me. And um, <laughs> that it was, it was, it was, so that was when I was getting my tryout. I'm sorry. I actually got told I was, it was actually very uh, benign when I got told I was getting signed because that was several months later. But it was that whole thing of like the build up, and I was so excited for it. And then I, I get the call from uh, my, my day job, and they're like, yeah, um, don't come back. I'm like, okay, cool, wow. don't worry, I got another one. Yeah. I've got a new job lined up, I'm good. It worked out. <laughs> so uh, so you go over to NXT, you uh, you spend some time there, you team up with uh, with Aiden English, you two become the VOD villains. Where did that? Where did the VOD villains idea come from? Uh, it was actually Triple H's idea. Um, what I'd gotten told by Dusty Rhodes was that he'd wanted to see us as a team just because he felt like we sort of had similar aesthetics and uh, we'd work well together. Um, the name itself actually was English's idea. Uh, and then, you know, it's just sort of, it came together over the course, like the short version of it was about a, about two weeks and the longer version was about, I want to say six or seven months because the, uh, the first time it had been mentioned to me was in, I believe, October October, November of the previous year, Dusty had mentioned that Triple H thought me and English should be a tag team. And then it was the sort of thing where it got brought up every once in a while, like, hey, you know, Triple H thinks you guys should be a tag team. And then when we finally got put together, it was like, you guys are a tag team. Triple H wants to see you as a tag team. Like, it, was, it wasn't put to us as like, a, hey, try this out. It was a, you're doing this. So, so this is it. happening now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> After being kind of teased for months as like something we had a choice in, and then it was just like, oh, no, no, you don't understand. We're actually doing this, and this is how you're going to be put on TV, and this is the angle we're setting up, and this is what we're doing. Wow. So were you, uh, were you initially for the idea of, of that particular gimmick? Um, well, the idea was originally, like, the idea for me in particular was, was uh, William Regal's idea originally, and I'd done that uh, for about my last year on the Indies or so, my last six months on the Indies, um, and so when I was brought in, I was already kind of doing that. And the idea of just putting it with a tag team seemed pretty much just in the in the vein of what we could do. I mean, it didn't seem outside of the outside of the realm of possibility. And English's uh, shtick at the time, the whole drama king thing, seemed like it would fit well with it. So it just seemed like a seemed like a pretty natural choice. I mean, I'd actually I'd had it suggested to me that might happen anyway before I was ever signed by a friend of mine who was in developmental. Uh, he wanted being released before I, I started, 
but he said, yeah, there's a guy down here who does this whole thing where he's like the drama king. It's kind of similar to what you do, but not really. Uh, you might, you guys might want to be put as a team. And this, this was just him spitballing, and it wound up actually happening. So you spent some time in NXT uh, with the VOD villains. Y'all were villainous, to be to say the least. Uh, the crowd uh, turned over to you. Uh, you. You became sort of the crowd favorites in NXT. And then you were brought up to the main roster. Uh, and... I don't know. There, there just seemed to be sort of that that disconnect. It didn't. It didn't seem to get over with the crowd as well as it did with the NXT uh, crowd. Do you feel like maybe you were called up too soon, or do you think it was just they didn't really have much for you, or where, where do you think the disconnect was? I don't think it's necessarily a matter of being too soon. Um, it's one of those things where uh, part of part of the job is really you have to be ready for anything at any time. So I don't think there's really su- such thing as too soon when you have two fully uh, trained and experienced wrestlers going into it. Um, in this particular scenario, I think if there's an issue, it was more along the lines of when we debuted in NXT, the first thing they did with us was a, uh, a backstage vignette, a little promo. Um, then the next week we had a, uh, a match with uh, a couple of the younger guys in NXT to sort of highlight us. And then when we went to our feud with the uh, Lucha Dragons, we had the uh, vignettes with the the with us sort of doing the silent movie thing where we were saving the NXT tag titles from them. Um, we did the whole thing where we called out the two uh, the two little people in in uh, Nacho Libre masks and Lucha Dragon T-shirts and beat them up, you know, stuff like that. Where I, I feel like there was a lot, uh, we, they put a lot of build into it, and then I think it was just a matter of because we were sort of. Uh, fast-tracked when we went up to the main roster where we were right into an angle with the New Day. We were right into a storyline. We were right into the tag title tournament. There wasn't really a whole lot of time to do that. So it sometimes sometimes if you need a bigger explanation for what you're doing, if what you're doing is a little uh, abstract, a little unusual, uh, occasionally it helps to have more time on TV, not so much wrestling as much as presenting what you are, presenting the characters and showing what the, the motivation and such is. Um, so it might have just been a matter of when we came up, they needed us for a certain job, and they, we, you know, that was kind of where we had to go right away. And mm. I think we did, we did what we could with it. We did our best, and you know, in the end, it just sort of went as it did. Well, what's your relationship with uh, Aiden English? Did you two uh, develop a bond, a friendship, or was it more sort of a, we're just kind of coworkers and uh, we're going to do our job? Uh, Mostly coworkers. Uh, it, we're, we're too. I think we're we're too similar and too different at the same time to ever really be friends in the way that a lot of the guys are. Um, mostly because we come from different backgrounds. Uh, it, it, it's actually kind of funny. We could not be more opposite in our backgrounds, but we have similar tastes in a lot of things. Like we both like sort of an obscure uh, cinema. My taste tends to veer toward more towards the uh, disgusting and uh, and unusual B movies. He tends to like sort of. Uh, the uh, abstract European Asian cinema, things like that. Um, I came from you know a lower class family. My father was a was a drug addict. Um, my mom was a school teacher. His parents were both you know respectable, upstanding citizens who took good care of him. You know he went to college. I didn't. So we're very kind of opposite people. But I think that was uh, the good thing about that was it actually allowed us to focus on the work as a team and not so much on the friendship. It's I think sometimes when you're friends with your tag partner, this is just my personal opinion you tend to lose sight of what the goal is, which is to, to make the team better. You know, it, it's sometimes harder to look at an idea and say you either agree with it or disagree with it when you're emotionally invested in the person as, as your friend. You don't want to be like, uh, I don't think that'll work, or maybe we should try it like this. Or it, It's a little bit harder when 
you have that bond of friendship because you don't know that you can you don't really want to hurt your friend's feelings. Mm-hmm. But uh, from a professional standpoint, it's like, do you think this do you think this cut off will work? Do you think this spot will work? I'll be like, no, nah, I don't think that's working. Okay, what do you think we should do? How about this? Okay, we can try that. Yeah, let's give that a try tonight. Uh, if it doesn't work, we'll try it the other way tomorrow. Yeah, sure, that'll work. So it tend to, it tended to actually make it a little bit easier, I think, for for us than it is for sometimes for some of the other teams. Doing the uh, transition from NXT to the main roster, what was what did you find the the most difficult challenge? Was it the the backstage environment? Was it uh, you know working in front of the larger crowds, or what? What was the hardest transition for you? I think really it was just the day to day versus the week to week as it was in NXT. Um, with NXT. The TV tapings, you did you did one taping every month or every six weeks or sometimes like two in a week, depending, and then you wouldn't do one for three months. You know, it'd be that sort of thing. Whereas with, with uh, the main roster, it was every single week you had TV. So it was kind of like the difference between sort of knowing where you're going week to week versus uh, knowing you're not doing anything for three months. Like, you know, if we do this TV taping and we have one match on it and we don't have an angle set up with it, you're like, okay, well, I know then for the next, you know, six weeks of TV, four weeks of TV, whatever it winds up being, I know I don't have anything. Whereas on the main roster, it would be like, okay, do I have anything this week? No. Nope. Okay, well, we'll see next week where we're at. <laughs> do we got anything this week? No. Nope. Yes. Okay, we got something? All right, we'll see. We'll see what we have. So it's really just sort of the difference, I think, between, like, NXT's kind of feast or famine when it comes to knowing what you're doing, whereas WWE, like, as a main roster, is more of a, a steady feed. You sort of have an idea of what you're doing week to week based on what you've been doing on house shows and things like that. Gotcha. What do you, uh, during the time off uh, between those NXT tapings, what would you find yourself doing to help pass the time aside from, you know, working in the ring and working out in the gym? Uh, not a whole lot, honestly. Uh, the, the thing is about being in NXT is it's a full-time job in the way that a lot of people might not understand. I mean, you're, you train, you work out at the PC itself. Then, of course, you have uh, th- extra things like uh, extra training, uh, promo classes, things like that. And then you still have the NXT house shows um, that you'll be working on. And those can vary. I mean, some weeks it would be uh, us and Blake and Mur- us versus Blake and Murphy or the Lucha Dragons or Dawson Wilder, Enzo and Cass. Like, there are so many tag teams in NXT that you you would get a pretty good mix. So it just sort of depended on what you were doing that week. But uh, you don't really have a whole lot of time to do much else. Every once in a while you get a weekend off, but even then it's like you, all you really want to do at that point is rest and, and relax because you, you know Monday's going to come and you got to be in that ring again. Who did you, did you really bond with anyone uh, backstage? Because I, I was trying to do some research in, in preparation for the interview and I saw that maybe it seemed like people felt like you rubbed them the wrong way. So I was wondering, what are your, what's your take on that and then who, who did you bond with? Well, the funny thing is, I've I've heard that before, but it's always these like fifth hand reports on some dirt sheet that that happened, and so the guy who's leaking the information might not have been a fan of me, but who knows who that is? But uh, I traveled a lot and bonded with uh, Apollo Cruz, Kalisto, Mojo Raleigh. Um, oddly enough, I always got along real well with Claudio, um, with with uh, Cesaro. Uh, another example would be. Um, I, I keep my, my first reaction is to call him Brody, uh, but uh, Luke Harper. Uh, <laughs> it, it's kind of a funny story. We were um, we were staying at the same hotel, me, Luke, and Rick Victor, and they happened to stop in at the Denny's uh, at the same one that I'd stopped at to get dinner because obviously it's right across the street from the hotel. And we literally just sat there, chatted for a few hours, you know, had our food, whatever. And someone had commented, "It's like you know, uh, you're kind of a weird guy." They didn't mean it in a bad way. They were just saying, it. "I was like, I'm not a weird guy." They said, "Oh yeah, you are." And I went, "Luke, you had dinner with me last night, right?" He's like, "Yeah." So was that weird? No, not at all. I was like, "See, 
So, so it's one of those things where I actually got along real well with Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton. Uh, Cena always seemed to get along with me. Uh, it's the weirdest thing. All it takes is one person saying something in public, and people tend to assume that it's 100% across the board. That's how it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd be like if I go to a concert and I don't like the band and I'm reviewing the concert, I'll tell you, oh, this band sucks. There could be 65,000 people at the same concert who love the show. But you're just seeing the review that says from this one guy who happened to be there, oh, this band sucked. No one really likes them. Well, that's his opinion. That's not necessarily the opinion of everyone who's at the show. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we started the conversation with, with comic books, and we, you and I, we all clicked uh, immediately. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. is that it's, very, it's very unusual that uh, you're not going to get along with someone. I've, I've never met anyone who's absolutely that much of a jerk that they didn't get along with anyone. There's usually at least one person you'll get along with, even if you're the worst person in the world. I mean, you have to remember, even serial killers have friends. It's, it's, <laughs> you know, they're, they're always some of those monstrous people in history have someone who's like, oh, yeah, he was a cool guy. We used to hang out all the time. Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, it's, I've, I've never I, – I try not to put much stock in the, in the reports like that because it's one of those things where if I personally am in the middle of it and I'm not seeing it, I, I don't know who would say it. Right. And, and speaking of, of those reports, uh, I – I overheard one of the uh, the shoots, air shoots uh, that Ryback made, claiming he he oh, was God. not very fond of you. So I was wondering, was there something that happened backstage between you two, or is it just uh, yeah, we just we're just two different people? We had next to no actual contact. It's really funny because when I when someone was telling me this happened or that he was saying this stuff, I was like, that seems really unusual. I don't even remember talking to him all that much, if at all. I think, I think we had, like, one conversation on a bus in, uh, in England. So I looked it up, and I tried to find what it was. And the thing he actually credited it to, so this is him. This is him saying this, is that his last day in the company, which I don't know it's his last day. I don't know he's, he's going to quit. I, he's just another day to me. I interrupted him while he was talking to Dolph Ziggler. And I thought back, and I was like, if this is the conversation I'm thinking of, I think it was John Cohn or one of the guys from Talent Relations uh, was literally looking for Dolph, and I just saw him. I was like, oh, hey, Dolph, uh, I don't mean to, uh, sorry to interrupt, but have you had a chance to talk to Cohn yet? And he said, oh, yeah, I already talked to him. I said, okay, cool. And that was it. <laughs> How dare you, sir? How dare you? <laughs> I, I know. I literally even said, I'm, you know, I don't mean to interrupt, but. So it gets even better because when I'm trying to find this out, because I was like, that, was that it? Was that really all that happened? <laughs> Because I didn't remember anything else happening, and that was the only one I could think of. Uh, I come across this this article um, from some, I don't know, it was like What Culture or or, uh, No DQ, one of those sites. And it's like, Ryback says he forgives CM Punk, life's too short to hold grudges. (laughs) So so I'm thinking, like, so all the stuff Punk has said over the years about Ryback, all the intensely negative whether they were true or not i'm not judging i don't know i wasn't there but for all the things he said about ryback that were pretty inflammatory that's forgivable <laughs> but one time i had the audacity <laughs> to, apo- to apologetically interrupt that's unforgivable how dare i i'm, I'm, a, I'm the worst person in the world i know <laughs> grudges shall be held um <laughs> so okay um you know, obviously, in in light of recent weeks, there's been a lot of controversy surrounding uh, uh, John Bradshaw, Layfield, and Mauro Ronaldo. Uh, I don't know if if you have any insight in it, but you would 
you would probably have more insight than I personally because I don't get to be backstage. What was your take on on the reports that came out as opposed to maybe your interactions with JBL and Morrow? Take could you take us through that a little bit? Um, I couldn't really comment on it all that deeply because I had minimal to any interactions with JBL, usually just like a high and a buy at the beginning and end of the day. Um, I always got along real well with Morrow. We both are big fans of Japanese wrestling, so we could talk about that a lot. Um, but once again, our conversations were always sort of uh, wrestling or fighting based. You know, we mm-hmm. talk wrestling, we talk MMA. Uh, occasionally, I would I would talk about how much I loved his brothers. Uh, I met his uh, two brothers at WrestleMania in Dallas, and I was dying laughing the whole time because they're the most Canadian people I've ever met. <laughs> they're if you've ever seen Strange Brew, the McKenzie brothers, they were like they're like spot on the McKenzie brothers, and I guess one one of them's a sheriff's deputy, the other one's a police officer, but they're <laughs> word for word they sound like the McKenzies, and I was just I was just That's absolutely awesome. enamored with how hilarious it was. <laughs> um, so I guess I've always gotten along with Marlo. He's always been real cool with me. I've always liked him. Um, I don't know what I don't know if something happened or what happened. I don't know the extent of it. Uh, That's really kind of up to them to to tell the story as as they experienced it. I can't really you know, I can't really add anything to it. Okay, uh, and of course, you know, here recently you were uh, were granted a release. I uh, would like to talk a little bit about that. What was the meeting like for your release? Did, I mean, was it an, an okay conversation? Is the door open for a future return? Would you even want to return? Kind of take us take us through that. Well, it's kind of a funny story. I'd uh, it was Wednesday. It was the day after SmackDown at uh, it, at the uh, arena here in Orlando. I go out to uh, Korean barbecue. I come home. I put on the new episode of Attack on Titan, episode one for season two, <laughs> and episode ends, and I look at my phone, and I see I have a missed call from Mark Carano, and I'm like, well, I think I know what this is. So I called him back, and we, we had a conversation, and he basically said that uh, the feeling was that the character had run its course, and the company wanted to exercise its uh, its right to, to uh, terminate my contract early, and I agreed. I felt the character had run its course, and that... You know that was probably the best course of action, and that was that. Um, I don't know if a door would be open or closed to to a return. Obviously, it's the old cliche in wrestling is to never say never. I mean, there have been plenty of guys in the past ten years who've been released and then brought back. Uh, Jinder Mahal, good example. Um, Kurt Hawkins, you know, the, and Drew McIntyre even recently, where it's these people who a lot of guys probably would have said, "Oh, well, they'll never be back. They're done. Whatever." And then you know, a few years later. Tides change. They're looking for people. They know they can trust these guys. And also, if, if once again they believe that all I had to offer was this particular character, and they'd sort of used it to the extent they wanted to, then I have the opportunity now with uh, with my return to the independent scene in uh, July to sort of show that I um, actually have a lot more to offer than just that. Very cool. Uh, if uh, if New Japan, Impact, and Lucha called you on the same day and said, we want you to come work for us, who would you pick? New Japan, in a heartbeat. Um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Japanese wrestling. Uh, it's always been my, my desire to work over there. It's it's really the thing I'm most passionate about when it comes to wrestling. It, it, I, there's some people they want to sit down and they want to watch. You know, for some for some people it's you know Sean and Razor in that ladder match. For some people it's Hogan Andre at WrestleMania three. For some people it's Flair Steamboat and any one of the 85 million matches they had that were amazing. But if you if you want to get me going, if you want to get me just super excited, you you put on you put on you know Masawa and Kawada or uh, Kobashi and Akiyama or Kensuke Sasaki or Minoru Suzuki, one of those guys, and I'll I'll be glued to the TV just in awe of the sheer ferocity of the matches. I mean, that, that's that's always been my thing. Very cool. 
so with with all of that that's been said, what's next for you? You said you said that you'll be uh, returning to the independent uh, promotions in uh, July. Uh, so do you have some already lined up? I do have a few lined up already. Uh, I officially am free from my 90-day no-compete on July 8th. And uh, at that point, I, I have some shows starting to set, get set up then. Uh, I'll actually be over in England for about 10 days uh, at the end of July for XWA and uh, Pro Wrestling Pride, uh, which actually is kind of cool because I'll have the opportunity to, to wrestle Doug Williams, which is one of those things that I, I've always actually wanted to do. I, I, one of, when I first started training, I'll, I'll throw this in here, um, in August of 2001 was when I started training, and at the time, I uh, was was going to All Pro Wrestling in uh, Hayward, California, famous from uh, the Barry Blaustein documentary, Beyond the Mat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did a tournament called King of the Indies, which wound up actually being kind of the prototype for Ring of Honor. A lot of the guys you saw in early Ring of Honor uh, were first competing against each other, really, in in uh, King of the Indies. Guys like Daniel Bryan, uh, Adam Pierce, Samoa Joe, Loki, Doug, um, AJ Styles, and all these guys would obviously eventually go on to be sort of the first generation of uh, Ring of Honor guys. And there was a match. I was I had to I had, I had to be backstage for security. There's a match between Doug Williams and American Dragon Daniel Bryan. And match finishes. I'm just hearing people cheering the whole time. Like I can't see anything because where I'm, I'm standing. And they come to the back, and they're both just beaten and bloodied. And I'm like, oh my god, what did I miss? This is a fan. I was like, I, I, I didn't get to see it. Now I really want to see this match. And so it's kind of cool for me to finally get an opportunity to work with Doug, um, which is going to be happening on, I believe, July 28th. Very nice. cool. Um, like you said, you you want to wrestle uh, Doug Williams. Is there like uh, some other guys that you're looking forward to wrestling? There, obviously, there's there's a lot of, out there right now that I'd really like to have an opportunity to work with. Uh, I'm good friends with Sammy Callahan. Um, hoping to get a chance to work with him. Uh, see Shane Strickland, Leo Rush. I mean, there are a lot of guys out there right now that are really just killing it. Jeez, uh, uh, I mean, trying to pick one. I mean, and that's just Americans. It's not even kind of you got this wealth of British talent now that's come up. It's amazing. The the guys in uh, in uh, Mustache Mountain, obviously Trent Seven and uh, and Tyler Bate would be great ones to work with uh, if I had the opportunity. I mean, there's so much talent in Japan as well. Uh, Katsuyori Shibata, Okada. I mean, just amazing guys over there. I mean, it's really it's really like a buffet of talented wrestlers. I actually have to say, if if you really look at it right now, the current era we're in has some of the widest spread talent in years. Just everywhere you go, there are guys who are good. It, it's not that. You know, you can go to this promotion, but there's going to be one guy worth looking at, and everybody else is kind of garbage. It's actually an era where you have so much talent around now. It's it's a lot more fun to work than it used to be. Absolutely, and they all get to make their rounds. So if you don't get to fight them at this show, you, hey, you go to this promotion next week, and they'll be there. So it's uh, it, exactly it's really cool to to see all the all the talent, and we wish you nothing but the best, and uh, hope to hope to see you at one of the shows down down the road like i said for all information you can follow uh simon on twitter and instagram currently gotch style wwe i saw one of the comments that uh one of your fans left like hey i don't mean to to you know rub you the wrong way or anything but why not why don't you change it and you say hey it takes it takes time to get that changed it, it does if you have the verification which selfishly i mean as, as a human being i should be able to say it's just a blue check mark it has no actual value <laughs> But there's that part of me that goes, uh, but I, I have the, the verification right now, and I'd almost rather take the time to just do the, do it through the proper channels to mm-hmm. get my, my handle changed. Because if you change your username on Instagram or Twitter, when you have verification, it immediately revokes your verification. That's the first thing they do. <laughs> so 
there's a part of me that goes, oh, I could just change it and then, you know, reapply. But then there's part of me that goes, ah, do you really want to go through that process or should you just try and take the slower road and get it done by them? And so I'm, I'm going to, I'm trying to take the slower road for right now, but I'll probably just end up getting impatient and changing it anyway. Very cool. Well, like I said, best of luck to you. Thank you again so much for, uh, for coming on the show. We certainly yeah, thanks, do man. appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me, guys. It was a pleasure. Now it's time to go into some hot topics for you all. We have uh, some sad news this week. Uh, uh, former WWE superstar known as Rosie, it's Matthew Anoy, Anoy. Um, he passed away at the I age of forty-seven. That, that was Roman's brother. I didn't either until until I saw it online. Yeah, he was the brother of Roman Reigns and uh, was only forty-seven years old and passed away. I think they said he had three children. Damn, um, that is way too goddamn young for anybody to die. Yeah, that is still a a relatively young man. Mm-hmm. It's uh, really sad to see, and you know, our thoughts are certainly with the uh, with the family. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, that's something you never want to see. Um, but outside of that, uh, it was announced that the set for WrestleMania 33, the ramp, the giant globe, the roller coaster, all that, the cost of that, five million dollars to produce that. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money for a stage. A pocket change. They could have saved all that money and just made it simple, but nope, they wanted to go have the they ultimate throw ride. They could save more if they switched to Geico. I don't think that's how that works. They could have saved all that money, sold more tickets, and actually put as many people in that building as they said they did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, in signing news, uh, it's been reported that Mike Bennett and Maria have signed with WWE. I guess the word is they're going to SmackDown. Yeah. That's the uh, that's the rumor, so will we see it? Need more hills. We'll find out. Yeah. Um, in injury news, uh, Dash Wilder of the Revival over the weekend suffered a fractured jaw and is expected to be out for some time. And that's a that's a that's a tough blow because the rival uh, Revival just came into uh, to the WWE main roster on on Raw and started making an impact, and now they're out. For some time, that sucks. It does. So hopefully they'll they'll come back better than ever. Throw those fists. Get right back to it. Say yeah. I mean yeah yeah. Give me that through the wire, Kanye West style promo. All that through the wire promo. Huh? Through the wire. Kanye West through the wire. That was like his first huge single. Oh. Off his first album. You don't know through the wire? I mean, I might. He fucking wrapped the whole song with his jo- his mouth wired shut. Like he's uh. through the wire means he's spinning out through the wire. You know? I heard like, about the story, but I didn't know about the song. <laughs> that's a good ass song. I need to listen to it. That's a good ass song. You should listen to that song. The outro. <laughs> what? No. So, uh, final bit of injury news: Shelton Benjamin claiming he is actually a free agent. Saying, "Quote: I am not signed to WWE. I'm also a free agent too." A Bear is free agent. If anyone out there wants to pick him up, take him off our hands, please. Yep. By all means, um, we get how much do we get? Ten percent each. You don't get anything. What are you talking about, dude? You we, get something from the show? No, like <laughs> if someone wants to get him. Oh, no, they don't give shit. We can't get anything for that. You're agent, sir. We can't get anything for that. We got to give that away. <laughs> We've got to take what we can get. Make us, a, make us an offer. Yeah, make us an offer we can't refuse. Let's see where we go from there. 
So uh, that's pretty much going to do it for us this week. I want to say, want to thank everyone for tuning in. Uh, make sure to comment on if you think SmackDown should get three hours or not, or Big stay at two. To uh, Simon Grimm. Absolutely. Big thanks to former WWE superstar Simon Gotch, Simon Grimm, for uh, coming on to the show. We certainly appreciated it. And uh, for all of our listeners, if you have any questions for us, feel free to leave it on our YouTube channel, WNS Video, our Facebook page, WNS Podcast. You can check us out on WrestlingNewsForce.com and WrestlingNewsForce.com on Facebook. And you can subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching Wrestling News Source Podcast. Uh, we're on Stitcher, Beyond Pod, Player.fm, and Satchel. Just search Wrestling News Source Podcast to find us. I drink a shake for breakfast, an ensure for dessert, somebody order pancakes, I just sip the scissor. <laughs> uh, where are we at? Oh. At the Twitters? Oh, hey, the Twitters. I don't know what, I don't know what, Con- I'm sure he's at Kanye West. I mean, uh, he doesn't need any more followers. You can follow us at uh, WNS Podcast. Daniel's at WNS us. underscore Daniel. Tyler's at... Tyler underscore Aber. There you go. For the podcast crew, I am Daniel Heron. Tyler Aber. I'm Doug. And we will catch you all next week. <laughs> <laughs>